thinking like, oh, okay, I got it. And then I think about it, I'm like, that's just stupid. Oh, man. Hmm. It's been a while, I guess, huh? Since we last recorded, absolutely. Yes. When's the last time we recorded? Probably a month ago. Hmm. Regardless. Welcome to Tangent Podcast, where your favorite hosts have the best intros, and Jack never messes them up. Never. Never. Never has, never will. Um, I'm already lost. This is why you usually start them. <laughs> Welcome back, guys. It's It's been a while. It's it's good to be back with you. Well, I mean, for them it won't be that long because I already posted an episode just recently. That's true. But between that and our last one, it was a long time. It was a really long time. Yeah, and we're without Ryan tonight. It's just, just your classic hosts, Jack and I. The OGs. Throwing it back to the old days of Tangent. Yes, 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 yes. So, good good to be back. It's Absolutely. it's exciting. It's fun. I I have a good I have a good time. We're so out of practice, man. This is this is ridiculous. What do you mean? We're doing great. <laughs> okay. Well, um oh I just kicked the table. Dang it. <laughs> we need to get a table that has no legs or supports underneath it for me to kick. I don't know how you're going to do that. Hang it from the ceiling? Make it. You, I mean, there's still going to be legs to kick. Fine. That's the definition of a table. Yeah, yeah. We could do that thing where there's, like, wires hanging from the ceiling, you know, and, like, swings around. Yeah. We just record in hammocks, man. Ooh! I like where this is headed. Ryan and I have hammocks hung up in his basement. You should come hang your hammock up there, and we'll record there next time. I'm okay with this. Okay. We're doing that. Okay, that's fine. Uh, we do have a beverage today. Neither Jack nor I have ever heard of this before. What's it called again? Adrenaline shock. Adrenaline shock. Smart energy. Smart energy. Why don't wow. you tell them what this, is ha- what this has in it, Jack? Okay, well, this, this has natural caffeine. 300 milligrams of clean energy. That is a lot of caffeine. Ocean minerals. And beneath it says electrolytes. So, I mean, <laughs> I don't I don't know if electrolytes count as an ocean, ocean mineral. Ocean sounds cooler. It does sound a lot cooler. Okay. It's a marketing ploy. Uh, nine essential amino acids. Is that a lot of amino acids? I no, don't know. Not really. I mean, more than regular food, but... Okay. Uh, which says boost performance. And then the last one is BCAAs, which is also amino acids. I don't know why they didn't just group that with the last one for <laughs> muscle recovery. Cool. Well, uh, this is Smart Energy is the flavor. <laughs> Doesn't have a flavor. It's zero, just... 0% juice. No, the flavor is uh, Shockwave, remember? Oh. It's on the back. It says number right. one Shockwave. Shockwave. They also had number two Watermelon. But that was weird. Yeah. And we got to try the original, you know, like what they intend for everyone. Oh, we we have to read the back, though. It says, live active, live healthy. A shock is a modern fitness-enhanced energy drink designed for your active lifestyle. Our natural smart energy blend is the guilt-free boost you need to help maximize your day. Reach your peak. Caution, not recommended for use by individuals under 18 age. You always, you always know it's going to slap when it says that on it. Too much caffeine may cause nervousness, irritability, sleepiness, and occasionally rapid heartbeat. It says caffeine can cause sleepiness? Oh, sorry, sleeplessness. Oh, I was like, <laughs> isn't that backwards? 
Okay, well, should we uh, yeah, try this bad boy? Oh, geez, I got something like under my fingernail, yeah. and it hurts. I hate so that. That was not helpful when I tried to open this with it. Oh, I don't like the smell. I don't, I don't. Is there even a flavor? I don't know yet. Let's see. <laughs> I. It tastes familiar. I think it tastes like that one that uh, uh, Ryan gave us that was duct taped. Oh, the Outlaw? I think so. It tastes... A little bit. It's just that generic energy drink flavor, whatever that is. It kind of tastes a little bit to me like the Ultra Fiesta Monster, slightly. Like oh, a yeah. slight mango, but... Oh, little, yeah. I see. Tropical. There's a bit of tropicness. I like it. It's good. It's not my favorite. No, it's not great. I mean, I'm going to drink it, though. I paid for it. Technically, you paid for it. Yeah, I paid for it. Yeah. Hmm. What would you rate that out of 10? Six. I was going to say six as well. So, Adrenaline Shock, give it a try. There are more flavors. But this is the original, so I'm not confident for the other ones. Yeah, plus watermelon is not... Watermelon's not a drink flavor. Yeah, no, that's like a Jolly Rancher flavor. Watermelon, if it were a drink, would just be water. And melon? It's watermelon. Yeah, but... Okay. It's like you take a lemon and you turn that into a drink, it's lemonade. You take a watermelon, you turn it into a drink, it's water. I I guess. You know, those people that like blend up their watermelon watermelon's not that good watermelon say that i've never really had like a watermelon flavored anything that i've liked besides watermelon like it's fine as a melon don't turn it into anything else in my opinion. there's not actually a flavor there right like i've never had a piece of watermelon and been like oh my gosh this is bursting with delicious flavor i want more i had a friend that did that with celery Ugh. it was weird they're like oh that was just it's so juicy. I'm like, that's Dude, not how you describe celery. It's like chewing on a piece of wood. Like, <laughs> I don't like celery. Celery's not good. You can slather it in cheese or peanut butter, and I still cheese. Won't like it. You Never ever had celery with easy cheese in it? No, not that good. You don't need to try it. <laughs> Thanks for the warning. All right. Well, what do you got for us in terms of news of the space? So, space news. Uh, Amazon. The our. Friends who are taking over the world over in Amazon have. <laughs> is, that, is that not true, though? Am I Amazon am I, taking over the world over at Amazon? Am I speaking of. You know what? Our friends at Amazon who are taking over the world. At Amazon? Yes, at Amazon. Have, have uh, launched their plan to create what they call the Kuiper Constellation, which will be a. Series of roughly 3,200 internet satellites in low Earth orbit. And this is going to provide internet to the entire world, basically. They're trying to uh, base, give give everyone on the planet access to internet. So, so they're doing a Starlink? Yeah, kind of like a Starlink type thing. They're calling it the Kuiper Constellation. Starlink's and, got a better ring to it. Yeah. I don't... Yeah, that's true. Don't they have a space? Jeff Bezos has a space company. Does he? Yeah. It's like Blue Origin. Oh, I didn't know that. Something like that. 
Huh. Why would he not use that? I, well, I guess Amazon's a more rec- reputable name. Yeah, probably. They probably have the capital to do it all. But, yeah, so they're going to... They got FCC approval. Um, they have until July of 2026 to launch at least half of the satellites to maintain their approval. And then they have to have it completely completed by July 30th completely of completed. 2029. Well, they got a few years. Yeah. So they got nine years, basically, from yesterday. Yeah. I just checked it. Bezos does own a space company called Blue Origin. Blue Origin. I did not know that. Yeah. They're not as big as, like, SpaceX, but hmm. they're, I mean, they're pretty big. They also have plans to go to the moon. This says, quote, this time to stay. Ooh. I don't know what they're doing. So he's launching these Starlink satellites or these Kuiper satellites to get internet on the moon. Kuiper? Kuiper. Okay. Because if it was Kuiper, then that would be like Star Wars crystals. So I thought oh. that'd be neat. But... Kuiper, like the Kuiper, Kuiper line or Kuiper belt in space? That's lame. Star I Wars is it's... way cooler. Yeah. It is. So, yeah. Uh, Amazon's trying to get internet to the whole world, which is cool. But will it be expensive? Will it, will it suck? That, yeah, that's the thing. Satellite internet right now, anyway, is just straight garbage. But also, Amazon having more access to my information is a little weird. What don't they have access to your information that's true. already? <laughs> Did you see that meme where it's like, it's like if you wear face masks, you'll be immune to the facial recognition that the government's using. And then this lady commented, like, wait until you hear about driver's licenses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I did hear about that one. That's good stuff. So, yeah, that's the space news. Internet and space. That's all I got for today. Do we have an encounter story? We do. Thank you for asking. You're welcome. Um, I realize now that listeners were not... They didn't understand what just happened because there was no noise. Jack and I just shared a moment. We shared a moment. Oh, yeah. There was definite uh, sparks flying <laughs> through the mind. Anyway, the encounter we have today is titled, I had a terrifying experience last night. Dang it. I'm sorry. I hit the thing with my hat. I'm taking it off. What'd you do? I hit... Ah! <laughs> goodness everything is going wrong <laughs> i hit my mic with my hat and then i kicked the table and then i knocked my drink over <laughs> oh welcome back buddy welcome back back to the story proceed it is titled i had a terrifying experience last night just a reminder we austin or i have never heard of these stories before so we're learning as you have, or as you are in the future. I have a house that was built in 1966 in Florida, and my husband collects Victorian antiques like oil lamps, clocks, paintings, etc. I have experiences where I think someone is walking around me all the time. I've had many times when I'm reading I think my daughter is walking up to me, and when I look up, there's no one there. Last night, I was lying in bed trying to go to sleep, and I kept getting a sensation that someone was walking around my room. I kept hearing footsteps and then getting a feeling someone was standing right beside my bed. 
I covered my head with the blanket and started to pray to myself, and all of a sudden I felt something sit on my bed, the way the mattress moves. I actually started to have a panic attack. I peeked out of my blanket and I saw a man with a blue aura around him. He was wearing a ragged suit and looked similar to how men look during this depression. I was horrified. He disappeared and I hauled out of the room. I went in my room and turned on every single light in the room, even all the Victorian lamps, and sat in the room with the television on and finally fell asleep. I have a brother that died of a drug overdose in March, and I had a vivid dream that I was attending his autopsy. He had his eyes open, and he was looking right at me while it was performed. Now, I've had my, my house saged many times, and one of the times they walked over to the side of my bed and went to the corner and actually heard something growl. We all heard it. There's a painting of a little girl holding a basket right next to my bed, and me, my daughter, and her boyfriend have all seen the expression on her face change. We have tried to f photograph it, but it will change back. I'm sorry I'm rambling on, but I just don't know what else to do. I actually went to that Who Died in This House website and looked up my address, but it found no deaths in this house. I'm getting to the point that I don't want to sleep in my bedroom. I'm a retired police officer, so I don't get scared easily, and this experience is petrifying to me. Does anyone have any suggestions on what it could be and what should be done? Weird. What do you got? So a bluish, glowing It, it had a blue aura, yes. Uh, wearing a ragged suit similar to how men look during the Depression. So old, then. I guess. But apparently had it had physical, you know, like properties because she said she felt the mattress depressed down when someone sat on the side of the bed. Huh. Interesting. The blue glow is interesting, too. Usually you hear of, like, shadow people right. that have no glow or, like, super dark, but a blue glow. I don't know. That's a creepy story, though. Well, on top of that, she's also got the, the creepy little girl painting that changes yeah. facial expressions and a growl. Here's the thing, man. I hear all these stories of people that have multiple experiences like this in their house. Move out. <laughs> like, if I saw a picture one day in my house change its face, I'd be like, nope, I'm out of here. Like, Well, you mean, you just throw away the painting. Yeah, you could do that. Or you could move out. Okay, yeah. So, <laughs> to you, anonymous user, uh, when you ask for suggestions, my suggestion is get rid of the painting. If some crap's still happening, just leave. Yeah, I mean, you're retired, it sounds like, so... Uh, what's tying you down? What's tying house? you down? She said she did have the house saged. I've heard of that, but I don't really know what they do or, like, why uh, sage is the you thing. You burn sage. That's all I know. Yeah. Is that supposed to ward off spirits or something? Let's find out. Oh, this is how to sage correctly and get rid of bad juju. Does it really say that? Yeah, that's what the name of the website is or whatever. So according to this site, while sage in particular was used for purification rituals by Native American tribes in the southern southwestern U.S., it continues to be seen as the go-to plant whenever someone wants to cleanse their personal energy or the energy of their home. 
Saging is not only helps expel any bad, bad vibes in the place, but will also leave you a f- feeling calmer and more at peace. Huh. Interesting. Well, that is definitely a creepy story. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, I mean, if she's already had it saged and it's still doing crap, just leave. Yeah. I don't know. Um, Or you could try one of those priest people where they do the old blessing of the home or whatever. The old blessy blessy. The, The big bless. Hashtag peace and blessings. So what are your thoughts on that then? Just a spirit? Regular old... Regular well, old spirit? The thing is, is it just that one spirit doing all of it? Or is the house just straight up like a, like just a hub of spiritual energy? Um, in my mind, it kind of feels like it's just one. Yeah, I don't know. Lots of old stuff, though. And apparently everything happens in the bed. Well, every, every example she gave was in the bedroom. Yeah. So I don't know if that has something to do with it as well. So I've heard a lot of stories. It's interesting to me that spirits are attached to places or things rather than people. Like, right, yeah, they don't haunt a person. They haunt a home. Right, or like a certain room of a home, like right. the bedroom. Or like we don't go down in the basement. Right. Like, that's interesting to me that it's a certain area. But, hmm, weird. Thanks for sending in your story. Best of luck to you. Well, shall we move on to our uh, Delaware episode? Oh boy, shall we? Hey, so we uh, have combed all of the exciting encounters from the fine state of Delaware. Like, total of like... All six of them? Yeah, all six of them. (laughs) And we have come with the top two that we believe. Well, I mean, mine's not really an encounter. Neither is yours. Well, just legends and haunted places i guess right delaware was kind of slim pickings it's a very small state (laughs) yes it is but interesting stuff going on there so am i starting off or do you want to start off it sounds like you're ready to go okay so there's a fort in delaware called fort delaware wow real original uh it was a former harbor defense facility that was designed by an engineer back in like the 18 late 1700s to early 1800s so it was originally designed to be a defense that was like in the revolutionary war they realized that they needed a defense that was further south from philadelphia to help slow people down that were trying to invade okay so they it was on this island. They call it Pea Patch Island. <laughs> and I think they call it Pea Patch Island because there was a French guy. He was the first kind of military engineer that showed up named Pierre Charles L'Enfant. 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 And. Croissant. <laughs> yes, Pierre Charles Croissant L'Enfant. <laughs> and he was surveying for defense areas in the area. And he called it Pip Ash Island. I Pip don't know what bash. that means, but I'm pretty sure the people heard the French guy saying Pipash, and they thought he was saying Peepatch, so they called it Peepatch Island. That's my theory. No one came out and said that, but that's what I think. So he found this island. There's really no one that lived there. No one did anything on it except for this one guy used to hunt on it. And so, what is this island? Um, good question. I don't really know. Peepatch, you said? Peepatch Island. Uh, it's... It's not huge, like it's a pretty small island, 
kind of inland in there's like kind it's of a, one mile long. That's very small. Yeah, pretty small. So it's kind of inland. There's like a channel that goes in back. Delaware is like a really oh, weird shape. This is the one with like the like the Pentagon type thing. <laughs> Sorry. It's it's I remember you showing me this a while ago. It's a like a weird Pentagon castle. Yeah. So so we'll we'll get there. We'll get there. Sorry. So there's Sorry. <laughs> there's this island. This guy used to hunt on there. He was like the only person that did anything there. So then he was offered money because they thought that he owned it or they just kind of wanted to buy him off of the island and say, hey, don't come back here because the military wants it. So he got into like a like a quarrel with the army and refused their offer. A quarrel, I believe that's what it was called. With the a, army? A tussle, That was maybe. rather stupid Maybe it was him. a tussle. Um, they wanted to buy this island and he was like, no, I'm hunting here. So like, screw off. So finally they invoked legal action and said that the land belonged to the Delaware state government. And so they took it away and wow, he could have gotten money out of that. And then he ended right. up with nothing. He could have gotten 30,000 bucks out of that, which back in back eight, then, 1794, that would have been dude, big money. Wait, 17, I, I, I'm, I'm going to look up the conversion on that. Oh, I got it. Oh, you do? $703,000. That's a good chunk of change for a little island. So but. a three-fourths of a million dollars for right. land that's not even yours. Right. You're just hunting on it. <laughs> just to stop hunting? Why would you Why would you say no? What What animal is, like, good enough for you to not There's take plenty of other places like, to hunt. He, there's, there's a whole country that hasn't even been... Like, Plus, half the country at that time wasn't even inhabited. We'll like, never need to hunt again with that kind of money. Right. Oh that my guy's gosh. stupid. That guy's a He's so idiot. stupid. But so, anyway, continue on. So he refuses. The government invokes like the legal action. They go to the state, and the attorney general rules that Delaware has valid claim to the land. Right. Um, so they take it. So then they have this island. They want to set up defenses there. So in the War of 1812, that's when the U.S. and Britain were when fighting again. When did that take again. place? Uh, I believe 1724. Got it. So uh, in the War of 1812... <laughs> Uh, they tried to put some defenses on there and, um, they didn't really like get much progress cause that war only lasted like three years, but they, uh, they had planned to build some different like types of towers on there and stuff. Nothing ever really came of it. They built like a dirt fort there and like a small wooden fort for, that was there for like 10 years after that war ended. So then they, in 1817, they started constructing the Star Fort or the Bastion Fort, which is what you were talking about, kind of the pentagonal or star-shaped fort. Uh-huh. Um, so what that does is the star, rather than having star. just like a square fort, what can happen is that if you have like archers or artillery placed on the top walls of the fort, if somebody gets right below you, you can't like really shoot them. Right. So if you have stars that come inward, you always have a point where you can shoot anyone along that entire wall. If that makes sense. So, like, if you're looking at a star right here, if somebody's right here, you can shoot them from over here. So that's why they're building this star fort. It was uh, used in Europe pretty strategically throughout all their wars and things like that. So they start building this fort. and it has a moat. Yeah. So they had, like, a moat. And then uh, during the Revolutionary War, 
uh, they realized that's when they needed this because people were attacking Philadelphia and there was nothing to slow them down from coming up and attacking. So I think this was about 40 miles south of Philly or something. And so this would allow them to slow troops down enough to where they could get reinforcements there if they needed to. Um, and also they were kind of building a, a channel right there that was going to connect uh, Chesapeake, the Chesapeake and Delaware rivers. So it was going to be like a major strategic point and they needed some kind of protection there. Uh, so then after all that was done, the civil war came and that's when things started to get, I guess, more grave and crazy around this place. So the, during the civil war, the fort turned into a prison camp. Oh, it looks so, more like a prison than a fort. That's yeah. for sure. So they turned it into a prison camp for Confederate soldiers and then convicted federal soldiers. Um, and then like political prisoners and pirates and stuff like that. So political they prisoners and pirates, what a range, right? So everything. <laughs> so they had capacity for about 10,000 to live there between people. the barracks. They had a hospital. Um, so just 10,000 beds or living spaces basically to house. But at, by the end of the war, they had like 33,000 people living there. So living conditions were really tight and the mortality rate was fairly high. So seven, seven out of a hundred people ended up dying. So 7% mortality rate. That's which a decent amount. Yeah. A decent amount. I don't know comparatively what the mortality rate was normally back then. Cause obviously modern medicine wasn't a thing yet, but, um, you weren't a thing yet. I, w I was not, I was just a glimmer in my ancestor's eye. I was uh, best friends with Stonewall Jackson. Stonewall Jackson, huh? Mm -hmm. He was alive at this time, I'm pretty sure. That's what I'm saying. Stonewall Jack. Why Stonewall Jackson? Because he's got the coolest name ever. Yeah. Stonewall? How cool is that? Yeah, I bet he was friends with Jefferson Steelflex. Jefferson Steelflex and yeah, Alvin Yakatori. Yep. <laughs> anyway, sorry. <laughs> Keep going. So so they turned it into a prison. Um and then there was a captain. He was the first person to die there. And they gave him like a full Masonic funeral and everything to the whole thing. And then people started dying more and more because the living conditions were bad enough and tight enough that people started catching a lot of diseases. So there were tons of rats that were like carrying disease and stuff there. Um, so there was a big smallpox epidemic in 63, 1863 that killed a bunch of people. Um, a lot of, like, pneumonia and lung inflammation. Yes. I want to point out that I realized Stonewall Jackson was for the Confederates. Yes, and I was. And I am not siding with the Confederates, especially in today's, you know, goings-on. I, I feel like I need to clarify that. I just think he's got a dope <laughs> name. And I'm also very sad that I just learned his name is not actually Stonewall. It's uh, Jonathan. Or Jonathan? Thomas Jonathan Stonewall wow, Jackson. That is, like, the whitest name ever. <laughs> Thomas Jonathan Jackson. So, now that's out of the way, continue. Okay, so a bunch of people were dying from a smallpox epidemic, like pneumonia-type stuff, lung diseases. Um, a lot of diarrhea was killing people. That kills people? Yeah, dude, severe diarrhea can kill people. Why, just severe dehydration afterwards yeah, like or something? Yeah, de dehydration and malnutrition from it. Um, malaria, typhoid fever, scurvy, which I thought scurvy, scurvy. was just a teeth thing. I but it's no like idea. a full body thing, like scurvy will um it's like 
it decreases your red blood cell count. And so your gums will change, your yeah. hair um, can change and like fall out, you can bleed from your skin. Um, it'll have like mental effects on you. you. You'll be like, your immune system kind of like starts to shut down. Pretty gross, but it's a lot of scurvy deaths, just really not good hygienic conditions that were fruit prevents scurvy yes it does according to spongebob anyway (laughs) or all the flying dutchman i should say spongebob is a a wealth of knowledge for all oh yeah education in the max oh yes homeschool and just watch spongebob yep except did you see that one study they did like two or three years ago that like said that if you watch spongebob like that you had a noticeably lower iq than normal people what (laughs) yeah dude those tests are so stupid though because like how many people watch spongebob that also do other things that probably lower their iq like it's correlation without causation in my opinion yeah that's fair i don't know maybe spongebob is making us stupid but i I don't care. It's the best show ever made. It I is. will stand by that. Fight it me. is. Okay, so back to this thing. I'm so I'm sorry. I'm just going off today no in worries. every which direction. We've had, we've had a lot of pent up tangents that we need to get out for right. the last. You're right. However long. So all right, I'm done now. Uh, so a lot of people were dying. Um, there were some that were shot by the guards, and so there's a cemetery there that's really close where all these people were buried. And so then the conditions were just so bad. They finally had to start moving people in with the union soldiers in the barracks, like prisoners in there. They were killing guards, doing that kind of stuff. So it was just a mess, like just really bad. Yeah, it sounds like it. So the civil war passes, everything kind of stops there. And, um, this is just a creepy place now. It's, pretty haunted because of all the souls of the people who died there and yeah now it's a state park you can go do ghost tours there oh do they do tours or yeah they do actual like guided tours there hmm. we should go you gotta pay uh, i don't know how much it is so i don't know well i mean for the plane ticket i'll pay to get in but you know. let's go on a road trip like a 40 hour drive yeah it'd be a long drive <laughs> I don't want to hate you after, you know, once we once we hit Kansas. Let's not lie. We already hate each other, Jack. That's true. That's why you're here. Yep. Uh, but, yeah, this place is now very haunted. You can go on ghost tours there. Um, it's pretty run down now. Like, it's been there since the Civil War. They had a hurricane come through in, like, the 70s that struck it and destroyed some stuff. So there was a tornado that came back in the late. 1800s that struck it tornado and a hurricane yeah so sounds like a cursed place if you ask me so it does look kind of cool you you can look up pictures of it and it's still in like in good condition for how old it is it looks cool we'll try to remember to post pictures on social media as well social media yep so yeah that's that's pretty much this fort it's really haunted people say that they can still smell like the weird smells coming from the prison of dying people and the dirty hygiene and they can hear the souls of the damned crying out for help oh, i got dibs on an, an album name of uh what did i just say souls of the damned no before that uh bad hygiene smell 
prison of the dying people, I think is what it was. So, never mind. That was a stupid joke. I'm ashamed. From our band Sleeper Cell. Sleeper Cell. But yeah, uh, it's a haunted place. If you're in Delaware, go check it out. It is a national park. It's open. Not a national park. A state park. It's open to the public. I don't know how much it costs. Go find out. Let us know. And take caution while you're there. A lot of people claim that they see apparitions, can feel hands grabbing them. So that weird might just stuff. Be, uh, you know, handsy person on the tour. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna grab you while we're on the tour. Well, that that is the uh, haunted Fort Delaware. What do you got for us, Jack? I have a very strange murder story. Ooh, titled. Well, I mean. There's not a specific title for it. Um, the Chocolate Killings. Candy from a Stranger, I've also heard of it called. Candy from a Stranger. This is uh, supposedly where the term don't take the candy from a stranger came from, actually. Hmm. And the story goes as follows. So, there's this man, his name is John Dunning. And he became famous. Oh, sorry. This is a uh, nineteen or sorry, eighteen ninety one. So this is a long time ago. And John, he uh, he became famous as a war correspondent um, during you know war time. And he uh, then go on to marry Miss Mary Pennington ex or sorry daughter of ex congressman john pennington in dover delaware so this is like a power couple right here daughter of a congressman and some guy that was famous for war journalism and crap like that hmm. everyone knew who they were you know a little dover in 1891 um they had a daughter and their family moved to wow a specific address of 2529 california street they had addresses back then? I guess. Um, and while living at this address, Dunning took a stroll in Golden Gate Park. Oh, sorry. I skipped. They, they moved to they moved to um, California. Oh, okay. Uh, because he got a job there. So it, it, I promise this is a Delaware story, but we'll get back to that in a minute. Wait, he's a journalist, you said? Yes. Well, okay. He's a correspondent. Okay. So I don't really know what correspondents do, if I'm being completely honest. The only correspondent I know is Trisha Takanawa. What? The Asian correspondent on Family Guy. Oh. Oh, yeah. That's the only correspondent I've ever heard of. All right. So I'm sure it's journalists of some kind. Okay. They do writing or something. Who knows? Anyway, um, he got a job in San Francisco. And so they went to San Francisco and had their child. And one day while living there, Dunning went to the Golden Gate Park and um, met a woman. And they apparently hit it off very well. Hmm. A little too well. He was married? He was married and has a child. Sultry man there. Yep. Uh, they entered in conversation to which the woman said her her name was Curtis. And that her husband was in England. Her name was Curtis? Her name was Curtis. Her name was Curtis? Mm-hmm. I will bite my tongue. <laughs> Proceed. Um, they became more familiar, and uh, uh, 
so he actually like starts suspecting things of her and she finally admitted that her name was actually um what is her name Cordelia Can I ask a question? Yeah. If you're a woman and you're going to come up with a fake name, <laughs> why choose Curtis of all names? I'm not sure. Maybe it was a good female name back then. Strong, back then and in London or something. Strong female name, but anyway. Um and she was the she's the wife of uh apparently some other dude who his name is Welcome Botkin. His name first name is Welcome. Welcome. <laughs> no way. Serious names going on here. Welcome I, a Botkin. Was I got his name. nothing against the names. One of my best friends growing up was named Curtis, but for a woman, it's weird. Welcome for a man is weird. Well, I mean, this is the 1800s, so maybe something's different. Um, they got married in Kansas City, and they have a, a son named Beverly. It's a little bit more normal, but still not a great name. I'm not going to lie. Um, so her maiden name is Brown, so her name's Cordelia Brown, and, and she's from Brownsville. <laughs> I don't know why it's funny. Uh, Brown from Brownsville. That's good stuff right there. Oh my gosh. Dude, uh, you should name your son Curtis Welcome. Curtis Welcome from Brownsville. Anyway. Taking way too long to get to the simple part here. <laughs> Back through my notes here. You made me lose my spot. So they're hitting it off. And a little too well. And her husband is off doing stuff business-wise or whatever. And so he's like never, ever around. So she straight up moves into the same building that... Uh, Dunning lives in because apparently she's creepy and that should be sign number one that you should stay away from this woman if <laughs> yeah anyway okay so after they were hitting it off pretty well he still has his jobs uh, and he's been traveling kind of over the nation and you know has to stay there but for whatever reason Mrs. Dunning had to move back to Dover, Delaware to live with her parents. I don't know, money troubles, or maybe they were just weren't getting along, or something like that. But she did move back. And then at that point, Bod- Botkin uh, moves into the building in like the room basically right next to John Dunning. And hmm. uh, during, and she was basically the one to keep him company during his free time and whatnot. And you can all, you can all see where this is going. Um, and during one of their conversations, and I swear this is important, it doesn't sound important, but it is, he tells her that his wife is incredibly passionately fond of candy. So, and Who also, isn't? huh? Who isn't? Good point. And also that she has a very dear friend in San Francisco and told her the name of said friend. That's all important, so give me a moment. Now, when... Later on, you know, Dunning's got his more jobs and whatever. Um, and this point, oh, and so he's got to go and, you know, do his jobs. But uh, I can't remember her first name. Botkin. I keep calling her Botkin, but I can't remember. Cordelia. Cordelia. I hate that name. 
Cordelia pleads and begs with him to stay and to not, you know, go out and do his job or whatever. But he turns a deaf ear to her pleadings and told her bluntly that he would never return to San Francisco. Now, uh, can imagine how this crazy woman took this. Probably not well. And then they, uh, they parted. But, so what happens next is Dunning's wife, back in Delaware, receives a package on August 9th of 1898. So I told you we'd be getting back to Delaware. <laughs> We're back in Delaware now. Uh, and it was addressed to Mrs. John P. Dunning. Like, why? That always weird me out. Why would you say Mrs. John Dunning? Why don't you just say her name? I don't know. I never got that. I anyway. never did either. Um, so she like, oh, okay, I got a package. And the package was placed in the, the mailbox belonging to her father and was called for by Mr. Pennington's little grandson and taken home. The family consisted of Mr. and Mrs. Pennington and their two daughters, Mrs. Dunning and Mrs. Joshua Dean, their son, son-in-law, Mr. Dean, and two little children. After supper, they opened the package, which proved to be fancy candy box containing a handkerchief, chocolate creams, and a small sip, slip of paper on which were the following words. With love to you and your baby, Mrs. C., uh, she could not imagine who sent the package, but being a noble woman with friends galore, she did not suspect that she had an enemy in the world, and therefore her suspicion was not aroused. Mrs. Dunning and Mrs. Dean and the latter two children partook of the candy, all as did also two young ladies, Miss Millington and Miss Bateman, who chanced to pass the Pennington residence while they were seated um, outside eating these candies. During the night, to all partake of the candy, all were got retching pains in the stomach and vomited freely. Hmm. Freely. Like, Gross. Yeah. All recovered with the exceptions of Mrs. Dunning, who died on August 12th, and Mrs. Dean, who died on August 11th. Autopsies disclosed that the, the fact that these ladies died from arsenic poisoning. Mm. They looked at the handwriting of the note, and apparently it matched a note that months prior... Miss Dunning got that said that her husband was with someone else. I don't know if that's just a jealousy ploy or something saying, hey, I'm with your husband now kind of thing. Why would you send a letter to them saying that? It's an ultimate, ultimate power move right there. Seriously. Especially in the 1800s. (laughs) So basically, this is what is considered the very first murder by mail. Have there been more? Yes, there have, actually. I looked it up earlier today. Really? There's been, like, seven more. Wow. Like, through chocolate again, or just, like, no, there's poisoned bunch of, powder, like, or... Bombs, you know, et cetera. Oh, yeah. Dude, back in the 1890s, like... I don't know. That's crazy to think, like, how am I going to kill this person? I got it. Just send him some chocolate. Laced with arsenic. No one can resist chocolate. Yeah, well, I mean, her... Her husband told the woman that she's like she can't resist or whatever, right? And she, apparently, she got things sent to her all the time because she was of noble, whatever. Her father was the congressman yeah. and whatever, and everyone knew her kind of thing. But so. they sent those chocolates like across the country, though. Yeah, right? how were they not melted? Exactly. Like they probably had to take them by train or boat because 
I don't think they had planes back then, did they? Probably not. In eighteen ninety seven. Yeah, like they had to have taken it by train or by wagon. In the old pony express. Anyway, Dunning the the husband was then advised by telegraph of what happened and proceeded at once to Dover. He immediately recognized the handwritings of that of Mrs. Botkins and recalled his remark to her regarding his wife's fondness of candy and also that his wife had a friend in San Francisco named Mrs. Corbully. So that's why she they think they put, um, with love to you and your baby, Mrs. C., and I think, well, if there was a return address, right? I don't know if that was a thing back then. It would have said it was from San Francisco. So she's like, oh, that's my friend in San Francisco, Mrs. Corbully. So, she, you know, to not arouse too much suspicion, I guess. Huh. And they, she, they located her in Stockton, California, while she was living, where she was living with her husband and son. So I guess she got back together with him. And uh, after a bunch of evidence... She basically just admitted to it. And basically her her reasoning was, if I can't have him, no one can kind of thing. That's messed up. It is messed up. But, yeah, so that's uh, something that happened in Delaware. But what was interesting is they apparently couldn't convict her for the longest time because the way laws worked back then, they had no idea what to do because she was in... California, but the person died in Delaware. Like they couldn't tie it to her. Well, yeah, just how the laws work, they couldn't convict her in either state. Because in California, you have to have the body, and in Delaware, you have to have the killer there happen. Like it has to happen there or something. I can't remember exactly. Like no state had like jurisdiction over it or whatever. Right. So like they like literally could not convict her. Weird. And they had to like change laws in those states to convict her. And I I think she crazy. I think she ended up going to California courts. If I remember correctly. Wait, she you said she went to prison, right? Or was she executed? Uh that I don't know. Let me find out. See I bought my wife some ice cream today that was literally called Death by Chocolate. Ooh, nice. I'm kind of uh, rethinking my choice of flavor there now. She uh, was sent to a... uh, Before Miss Botkin could be sent to a state prison, a decision was rendered by the state Supreme Court, um, wherein it was decided that the trial judge erred when, and in charge of the jury, he stated, circumstantial evidence has the advantage over direct evidence, because it is not likely to be fabricated. What does this have to do with anything? Apparently, there was a ton of court proceedings, like like court after court after court, Dude, trial I've... after trial after trial. And, yeah, she ended up just going to prison. I've never understood why court proceedings, one, take so long. Yeah. Like, you hear of court proceedings of murders that go on for like years and years like eight years ten years for these court proceedings and then these guys are on death row for 20 years they get it should be like Like, you got all right death death penalty you're scheduled for tomorrow at 3 p.m yeah exactly (laughs) like we'll get you out of here now like i don't get it like does it it costs money to hold those guys in prison right and 
I don't know. I I've just never understood that. If any of you know why, I can understand in in cases where they're like trying to weigh all the evidence and come to conviction and things like that. But Once even you get then, convicted. it's like like on the making a murder. Have you seen the making a murder? I haven't actually. They took like I think it was a couple years to go through his final case and send him to prison for Jeez. it. Like and then. You know, he didn't come out and confess. Obviously, he denies it, but, like, they had to weigh all the evidence. But it took, like, over two years. It's like, why does it take that long? I don't know. I don't get it. I don't either. But you ever uh, heard of that YouTuber, Legal Eagle? No. Just He's, like, a super good lawyer that's, like, passed the bar in, like, ten different states. Anyway, oh. he just, like, he's one of those people that watches movies with legal proceedings in it and then tells you how realistic or how fake they are kind of thing uh-huh. and he like every single time he says like yeah this would not happen this quickly it's like you know in the movie it's like you get a court date they do the court thing and they're convicted kind of thing it's like that whole thing right there like in, that you see in movies would actually take like four months yeah it's ridiculous to me like i don't get it but why why <laughs> just like exactly well, it's like if you want justice and you want, like, for death row inmates, like, if you're going to kill somebody, just get them, like, just do it. Like, just get them out of there. Why are you making them wait? Why are you making them wait? And, like, what is it doing? What benefit are you getting from making them wait? I don't know. I just don't see a reason for it. But I don't either. But whatever. That's not our choice. Maybe that's why I'm not a lawyer. I don't be paying taxes either way, so whatever <laughs> but yeah that's that's delaware for you some some exciting stuff real exciting i don't know i thought that i thought that story is pretty interesting death cool. by mail yeah death by mail so, so uh be cautious when you go to your mailboxes tomorrow and don't accept candy especially through the mail i remember one time when i was like 13 i had a friend that i played baseball with and his dad was our coach and i never knew what his dad did for the fbi i just knew he worked for the fbi but one time he got a letter with like white powder in it and they had to like, they had, it was on the news. I remember, but they like shut the FBI down that day and had to investigate it. And I don't remember what it was, if it was poisonous or not, but it was this huge thing where he got a letter with some type of white powder in it that could have potentially been like a poison. Like an anthrax or something. Yeah. So check your mail, check your kid's candy for AR 15s and razor blades and cocaine and all the hand grenades stuff. have you seen those memes where it's like everyone check your candy today there's like a full like m revolver fragmentation grenade in my kids candy today. <laughs> or those just ones like you could find drugs in there and so it just responds like no one's gonna be giving away their drugs for yeah. free <laughs> no one's giving away their edibles man <laughs> to kids it's like why why no <laughs> did you ever watch the show everybody loves raymond a long time. I haven't seen that in so long, but yeah, I used to. There's this episode where it's Halloween and they leave Raymond's brother at home to hand out the candy. Mm-hmm. And he ends up accidentally handing out a box of like colored condoms to a bunch of kids. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, it was really funny. Good stuff. So two morals to that story. One, check your mail. Two, never name your daughter Curtis. Or Cordelia. Or Cordelia. And don't name your son welcome. 
Unless you're naming him Curtis Welcome. That's that's acceptable. And also Beverly. We don't like Beverly either. Wow, those were some bad names in that entire story. <laughs> Beverly- John and Mary. Uh, a, little, <laughs> a little too organic. Whatever. Just but- name your kids normal stuff and spell it right. Yeah, those people it's like spell their names like yeah. so wrong. It's just like, why? It's like, it's a mess to look at. It's a mess to try and pronounce. That concludes this. Fine episode. Yeah, we could do better, but you know. Well, welcome back to Tangent. That's how that's how we do things. So, If you're from Delaware, let us know what are your favorite legends. Yeah, seriously. You guys don't have very many, so let us know what you got. And send us your your spooky stories that either you heard or happened to you or happened to a friend. We'll take all of them. Any of them. I did want to give a shout out as well to a podcast that I've been kind of tag teaming with called Broken Mysteries that does similar stuff to what we do um, with paranormal, mysterious type stuff. So I think we've done about 10 episodes now. Go check them out. They're pretty much everywhere too. Broken Mysteries. Um, Give them a listen as well because they're good guys. And they've shouted out our podcast as well. So. Yeah, I should probably listen to that. I haven't listened to it yet. I well, didn't listen, even know what the name is. It's fun. Oh, we've, I've, I've actually told them a couple stories we've told on this podcast, and they were really good. So go listen. It's a fun time. But always come back to your friends at Tangent. Always. Like always. and subscribe and go to the social media, hit us up, email. You know all the handles. We'll put them in the notes. DMs. The DMs, yes. And thank you for listening. Good night. Farewell.